0: This morning we're going to look, I was trying to decide where to have you turn because really this morning is going to be a very topical in its presentation. We are going to be looking at Genesis chapter 4 and Genesis chapter 5. You can turn in your Bibles there. We will be addressing two different people that are present there. But uh, as an opening verse, as a verse uh, that I'm presenting the truth with, uh, that's going to be in Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 10. So that's all the way in the New Testament. So put your finger or bookmark, piece of paper, something in the Genesis there, and uh, turn over to the book of Colossians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Uh, and so if you get there in those books, you'll be able to find that. Sometimes those small books, because they're only a couple of pages of the Bible, then you, you pass pass them real quick. Um, but Colossians chapter number one and verse number 10. The Bible well, I'll give you a minute to turn there. You know, there's something that's interwoven into the heart of men. It literally is something that is inescapable. I know that it's possible for you and I to crush it. I know you can run from it. I know sometimes life circumstances are such that you choose to reject it. But the fact of the matter is there's something built in the heart of man where they have a desire To please their parents. That's just present in the heart of every young man and young lady. And I know situations arise where you get to the place where you maybe don't want to do that. But, uh, you know, I was watching Dixie this morning. She came into uh, the auditorium here, and grandma was watching her, kind of. And Dixie was walking around, and grandma called her, and she came back around the corner. And, and, you know, grandma goes like this. (laughs) And Dixie just lit up, just so happy, like, oh, just that desire to please our parents. It's something that's built into us. And here's what I want you to see if you're in Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 10. He says, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing pleasing. I'm going to pause and have a word of prayer before I get deep into this here this morning. Lord we come to you right now. I ask you to uh, Lord calm my spirit. I I feel like I'm because I was rushing through Sunday school. I feel like I'm rushing. I pray God that you would Allow uh, the word of God to come forth as you would have presented in the spirit that you'd have it presented. I pray that the message would be abundantly clear and settle down into our hearts, that we as your children would strive to live lives that are pleasing to you always. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Beloved, if you're here this morning and you've put your faith and trust in the shed blood of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sin, you're a child of God. The Bible says in 1 John 1.12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. If there was a day or an hour in your life where you put your faith and trust in Christ for the forgiveness, for the remission of your sin, then you've become a child of God. In uh, John chapter uh, 3 and verse number 2, he says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. As a child of God, I wonder, beloved, is my father pleased? Is my father pleased? You know, God looked down from the portals of heaven at his own son when he was bringing him into his ministry. And he said, behold, my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus said, hey, this is my son and I'm well pleased in what he, who he is and what he's doing. And I wonder if God's ever looked down and said, behold, Caleb, my son in whom I am pleased. I wonder if I've lived a life pleasing to God or if if any one of us as children of God could say, hey, I'm living a life that's pleasing to God. Jesus Christ in his ministry said that I do always the things that please him. Wow, what a pretty high statement. I mean, certainly we understand it to be true of Jesus Christ, but could we say that? I do always the things that please him. Oh, I don't know that I could say it. But I hope that it's at least embedded into your heart the desire to live a life that's pleasing to your Heavenly Father. We need to please Him. And beloved, if we are going to be living lives that are pleasing to our Heavenly Father, it might be good to know what it is that pleases Him. And so I wanted to look at a couple of things. or different people in the Bible that the Bible tells us that they pleased God or God was pleased with their actions that we might learn from them. That's why we're going to have to move around a little bit. Now you can turn book back to the book of Genesis. In chapter number 4, we see the first person that we see pleases God is Abel. And I'm going to title this point, Worship That Pleases God. Worship That Pleases God. In Genesis chapter 4, in verse number 4, we see that Abel, he also brought the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel. And to his offering. Beloved, I want you to know that after the fall, God had promised a Messiah. God went down into the garden and he found Adam and Eve and He called to them and found them covered with their own works of righteousness, covered them with with fruit leaves, fig leaves. But he God said, Well, that's not sufficient. It's going to take a blood sacrifice. It's going to take blood to cover sin. And he made them a covering of animals. God taught them there in the garden that they needed to have a blood sacrifice for the remission of sin. So we see that Abel pleased God. That is given to us specifically in Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 4, where he says, by faith... Abel offered unto Cain a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, which he obtained witness that was righteous, that God testified of his gifts, and by the being dead yet speaketh. You see, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. Beloved, I want you to know that Abel came and he worshiped God as God told them to. He worshiped God in faith, doing what God said to do. Worship that pleases God is worship that's based on faith. You know, we've said it before, but faith really is just obedience. Faith is obedience, being obedient to God. Abel had been taught, Cain had been taught. They both understood what their father said. Listen, this is what God said. This is how God set this up. If we're going to bring a sacrifice, if we're going to worship, it's going to take a sacrifice of the firstlings of the flock. Without spot and without blemish. They knew what they were supposed to do, but Cain decided to go his own way. But Abel said, nope, this is what God said. I'm going to do it. So, beloved, we need to have worthy worship. That is worship that's in line with what God says. Can I tell you this morning, there's a whole lot of worship going on in churches all over this country this morning that are not pleasing to God. It is not pleasing to God when we bring the world into the, the house of God and try and call it worship. The foolishness that, that it, it expounds in the churches today is, is almost beyond comprehension of what they want to call worship. They want to say, oh, we're going to worship God and we're going to do it this way and we're going to do it that way. But God has told us what worship is. We worship in spirit and in truth. We cannot live and do what we want to do our own way. We have to have faith and obey God. Worship that pleases God is done so in obedience. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Beloved, you want to live pleasing to Him? You need to live in faith. Okay, that means that you do what God says. Faith is obedience in action. It's doing what God says to do. So God says, hey, well, you ought to be in the house of God every opportunity you can, every chance you get. And you say, well, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't necessarily agree with it. But you know what? Faith says, okay, I'm going to do it. You know, you say, I don't understand it. They're talking about read your Bible, pray every day. They're talking about going through these discipleship classes and taking all this extra time and doing all this. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but that's okay. I have faith. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get into the word of God. You know, how many of you ever read your Bible in the morning and then then thought, you know, I don't think that really did me much good. Yeah, I I read it. Oh, I don't know that I got anything out of that. Um, You know, uh, I know I'm supposed to read till I get something, but I'll be here for three weeks if I do that. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I mean, this, we've all been there, but faith says, I don't know what I got, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to be obedient anyway. Faith says to train up your children in the way they should go, and they will not depart from it. Faith says, bring up your children in nurture and admonition of the Lord. You say it doesn't make a lot of sense from a worldly standpoint that I discipline my children, that I make them do these things. I know the whole world rejects it today, but faith says, okay, I'm going to be obedient to the Bible. I'm going to follow God's pattern for the home. I'm going to follow God's pattern for uh, our marriage relationship. You see, when God comes and tells you something, Christian, this is, this is down where the rubber meets the road. I don't know how far down this road to go, because I I may not touch on your sin, but the Holy Spirit is doing it right now where God says, hey, you need to get that junk out of your home. And you're like, well, what's wrong with it? Come on. And and you're like, oh no, I, I want that. But faith says, okay, God, I'm gonna do it. That's easy. That's, 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 that's faith. Some people say, well, how do I have more faith? Just do what God said to do. do. When God comes and touches your heart and says, hey, you need to do this. You need to change this. You need to start this. You need to stop this. You say, okay, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's worship that pleases God. Because of his faith. Faith is obedience. They understood and knew that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. But Cain wanted to do it his way. And Cain's sacrifice wasn't pleasing to God. He's like, well, what's wrong with my sacrifice? I mean, I, I, made, I grew this out of the ground. I worked and watered and, and tilled and did all this, and this is my sacrifice. I'm going to bring the best fruit I got. But God said, no, that's not what I asked for. Faith is being obedient. You know what's shocking? God had promised them a Messiah. And would you think about this? The prophet Micah asked this question. Will the Lord be pleased? You understand what we're trying to do is please the Lord, right? That's what we're talking about. Micah said, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with 10,000 rivers of oil? He says, shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions? the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. Do you hear his question? He's saying, "God, is God going to be pleased if I give him ten thousand rivers of oil oils used to worship, oils used to anoint people oil was, was precious and valuable. Will that God be pleased with ten thousand rivers of oil? Will God be pleased with thousands of rams? Will God be pleased if I give my firstborn son to cover my sin? And God says no." No, that's not sufficient. You need the shed blood of Jesus Christ because he is the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Yeah. You know what's amazing? Listen to the verses in Isaiah chapter 53. Do you know what pleased God? He tells us, he says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Now, if you were here in Sunday school, you recognize those, term, those words right there. It pleased the Lord to bruise him because of the promise of the Messiah in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15 said there was going to be a Messiah that was going to come and man, the seed of, of Satan, was going to bruise his his heel. But the Messiah that comes is going to bruise the head of Satan. Administering a mortal wound, but yet it pleased him, the Lord, to bruise him, having put him to when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Beloved, it pleased the Lord to send his son to die for you and I. How dare we take worship into our own hands and just strive to do it our own way and live life how we want to. Declare our own righteousness No, we need to accept the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It pleased God to send His own Son to pay for our sin. If I could have earned my own way or paid my own way or had 10,000 rivers or given my firstborn, if that would have pleased God, that could have been enough. But it won't. It's not enough. We need Jesus Christ. Worship that pleases God is in faith, and it's also willing. It's also willing. In Genesis 4, 4, there he says, he brought it. He brought a willing sacrifice. Beloved, it's by God's design, from, from Adam and Eve in the garden to you and I today, God does not want robots. He wants people that are motivated by his love. The love of Christ constraineth me, motivates me, str- moves me to do what God wants me to do. God wants people that do what's right because they love him. He brought a willing sacrifice. This is what God wants and after all God has done for me, I surely am gonna do what God wants of me. We know the Bible tells us that we're to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Are you willingly doing it? We see, first of all, worship that pleased God in the life of Abel because he did it in faith and he did it willingly. We see a walk that pleases God. Turn to uh, Genesis chapter number five now, Genesis five. We didn't have time this morning in Sunday school to read all these passages, although we covered Genesis chapter 4, where we see the progression of men, the establishment of, of a society, a city, and many other things that grew. But in Genesis chapter 5, is really um, a list of genealogies. But look down in the midst of all those genealogies, look at verse number 22. Beginning of verse number 22, we read through 24, he says, "...and Enoch walked with God, and he begat Methuselah three hundred years, and begat sons and daughters." And all the days of Enoch were three hundred and sixty and five years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Beloved, we see a walk that pleases God here, a walk that pleases God. In Hebrews 11, verse number 5, you don't have to turn there, but let me read it for you. It says, by faith, Enoch was translated, that means he was not, for God took him, like we just read in Genesis, that God took him up to heaven. Um, that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had a testimony that he pleased God. Wow. What a testimony. To be known as somebody that pleased God. There's a lot of things that people might know about you. There's a lot of things if somebody was going to say something about you, you know... uh, there's you come to the end of your days and somebody's going to write a eulogy for you describing your life a little bit talk about your work and your family and these types of things but man what a an amazing thing if on your eulogy they would say there's a lot of things we could say but to sum it up we just say he pleased god wow what a testimony To have a testimony before men, they understood and they knew that he pleased God. He was such a powerful testimony that God chose to write it down on the pages of Scripture, record it for all of eternity, forever the Word of God is settled in heaven. This is going to be recorded for all eternity, that Enoch was a man that pleased God. I wonder this morning, if you're a man that pleases God, if you're a woman that pleases God, in your life, do you have a walk that pleases God. Yes, our worship needs to please God. But our day-to-day walk, Christianity is not a Sunday morning thing. Christianity is a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It is a whole week, seven day a week, 365 days a year. You're a Christian, amen? That's supposed to affect our walk. Our walk, beloved. Enoch walked with God. That means we have a walk that is in agreement with God. Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? You have to agree on a whole lot if you're going to be walking together. You've got to agree on the direction. Can't, can't decide to be going different directions. you got to degree, uh, you, got to, you got to agree on the pace. You're going to walk with somebody, you, you, you can't decide, well, I'm going to go at four miles an hour, and they're only walking at two miles an hour. You're not walking together. might be heading the same direction. What I'm saying, there's got to be agreement there. Beloved, that means you do what God wants you to do. And it goes without saying, but the fact of the matter is, you and I need to agree with God, not get God to agree with us. We need to make the adjustments in our lives, amen? Our day-to-day walk needs to be a walk that's in agreement with God, a walk that is a godly walk. A godly walk is like God, not like ourselves. We're, We're supposed to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Christ. If we're going to deny what we want, Cain's problem is he didn't want to deny what he wanted. Cain wanted to do what he wanted to do, the way he wanted to do it, and wanted God to like it. And God said, no, that's not the way it is, Cain. If you you would have done what I asked, it would have been acceptable of you. But you didn't. Even in God's judgment, he was merciful to Cain. Walk in godliness. You have a walk today that pleases God? Or we walk in our own way, doing our own thing, living our own lives? Do you desire to please God, Christian? Is that in your heart? Then I can guarantee you, if that's in your heart, then occasionally we've got to adjust our walk. I don't care if you have been saved and on this Christian walk for, for five minutes or 50 years. There's times that we get a little distracted, a little disgruntled, a little discouraged, a little, uh, uh, you know, we got to adjust our walk. So that we're in agreement with him and walking the right way so that we're pleasing to him. That means we're going to walk in agreement, means we're going to walk in the spirit. Romans 8, 4 says, we walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Romans 8, 8 and 9 says, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. They cannot please God. Romans 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You see, beloved, we're to walk in the Spirit so that we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. He says very clearly there, you cannot please God and walk in the flesh. Now, the flesh is my own desire. The flesh is what this body wants. The flesh is my own appetites. The spirit is what God wants. When I was saved at the moment of my salvation, I was made spiritually alive. I have a new life in Christ. Christ. The Bible describes it as being born again. I'm I'm born again. That means I've got new life. The Spirit made spiritually alive. And now the Spirit, I'm supposed to yield to and let the Spirit of God lead me, not my flesh. Is God pleased with your worship? Is God pleased with your walk? Early this morning, I want you to see that there's a work that pleases God. In Galatians chapter 1, in verse number 15, we are on Thursday nights right now studying the book of Galatians, and we just went through this because we're closing in on the end of chapter number 2. But uh, in in Galatians chapter 1, in verse number 15, he says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, you see, the Apostle Paul was called of God for a work, a particular work that he was supposed to do. And he says, It pleased God to put me here in this work. It pleased God to call me from my mother's womb to do this job. What I want you to understand this morning is God has a plan for your life, God has a work that he wants you to do. Are you doing what God wants you to do? Are you doing the work that he has called you to do? You know, the Bible tells us that we, we talk about how the church is fitly joined together. How God puts and places in the church the, the people that, that God wants there. In First Corinthians twelve eighteen, he says, But now hath God sent the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. You see, beloved, the church is not a place for you to come sit, soak, and sour. The church is a place for you to come sit, soak, and serve. The exciting thing about the discipleship program is not just that you're, you're learning, that you're gaining understanding personally, but that you're growing to the point where you can take that discipleship program and disciple somebody else. Right. So It's not just about how much I'm getting and getting and getting and getting. At some point, I've got, to get, I've got to begin to start to serve. I've got to begin to start to do. You see, God has a work for you. Some type of work some type of area of ministry, some job that God wants you to perform. Are you doing God's work? Whatever that might be. Where are you plugged in? Where are you involved? Who are you reaching? You know, maybe God has spoke to you and said, I need you to go witness to this person down your street. Here's a work I need you to do. You're like, oh, wait, Lord, that's too hard for me. I'm not even sure what verses to share. They're pretty easy to look up. A lot of people here would be glad to talk you, how, talk you through how to be a witness the very simplest, most basic thing is to get a gospel track and go down there and say, hey, can I give you something that tells you how you can know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You know, just, is there a family member God wants you to reach? Is there, what work is God talking to you about? Is there somebody here this morning that God's talked to you about going to the foreign field to be a missionary somewhere? If we're going to do the work that pleases God, we've got to say, yes, Lord, here am I, send me. I'm willing to do it. I know human nature, the very first thing is resistance. Regardless of what it is, it doesn't matter. The first thing is resistance. But spirituality pauses and says, wait a minute, God, what do you want? okay, I need to stop resisting you and I need to yield to you and do what you want me to do. The question this morning, beloved, is, is God pleased? Is God pleased with me? You know, the children of Israel went through the wilderness and they were blessed by God. They were led by God. They were fed by God. They were protected by God. Over and over again, God worked in their midst. If you turn to the book of Corinthians, and I don't remember the verse off the top of my head, but he says there, yet with many of them, I was not well pleased. I was not well pleased. I wonder, beloved, if God looks down here at Hunt Valley Baptist Church And he says, man, I've blessed them. I've I've given them so much. I've met their needs and I've answered their prayers and I've provided for their homes and I've supplied their wants and they've enjoyed the blessings that I've given them day after day after day. And yet, many of them, I'm not well pleased. I can't answer that question for you this morning. You have to answer that before God. Is God pleased? I want to please him. There's many days that I fall short and I have to repent and ask God to forgive me and to help me do better tomorrow. The joy is is that he's always there and he always forgives and we can step up and go back again. But do you want to please him? Do you want to please him?